Yo, are you thinking about starting your own podcast? It's really easy to do. All you need is anchor.fm. That's where I host my podcast. And let me tell you why. Because number one, it's free. Number two, there are tools that they have on their website or in the app that doesn't crash on me all the time like the other hosting service I was using. You can do it right from your phone or your computer. They distribute it for you to Spotify, Apple, Google, lots more. And you can make money. Hello. And you don't have to have a minimum listenership. So even if you're small potatoes like me, you're just getting started. You can make money right now. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Yes, I think the music machine could take a question. Okay. Everybody, welcome back to the show. Today's show is actually um, was that was actually recorded back in November. I hate to admit, but I'm just now getting around to finishing edit editing it and posting it. So my apologies for that, and for the enormous gaps in between shows. I'm going to try to do better. But um, this episode is an interview with a gentleman that is on a podcast called The Working Fans Podcast which is a podcast about wrestling and he is a longtime hip-hop fan like me kind of grew up listening to a lot of the same stuff and he goes by producer joe is his handle on the show and for all intents and purposes here so in the podcast world producer joe so we have a good talk about various things like mm, you know raucous records and french montana and WAP comes up, of course. So it's it's a good talk, and uh, I look forward to sharing that with all of you right now. Um, of course, unfortunately, since I procrastinated, a lot has happened since I recorded this back in November. Um, we had the, the final presidential election, and Trump lost. So we have some discussion about that, and of course about Kanye. And, you know, there were the riots on Capitol Hill, unfortunately, that, that occurred. I, I think if you've listened to my show before, or if you know me at all, you might have an inclination as to how I feel about all that. But uh, besides all that, we're still in the midst of COVID, so I'd like to remind everybody that it's not over. You still need to wear a mask and avoid social situations. So eat your Wheaties, do your homework, and clean your room. Anyway... Uh, without further ado, because there's been so much ado leading up to it, uh, let's get into this interview here with producer Joe. But real quick before that, sorry, uh, I have a special announcement, I, I suppose. I'm going to be doing my first live interview next Tuesday as of the date of this recording, which it is January 15th today. So this will be on January 19th. This is going to be at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 p.m. Central, and 7 p.m. Mountain, 6 p.m. Pacific. So on down the line there. 
Starting in Eastern at 9 p.m., I have an interview with a rapper, Black Tear, who's out of Detroit, and I'm really excited about that. You can watch the interview live on YouTube. My YouTube channel doesn't have its own, you know, name yet because I don't have enough subscribers. So if you want to smash that subscribe button, you know, when you look me up, just go to YouTube, type in Troy to show. I should come right up. It, just type it in all one word. That seems to be the best way to go. And you can also catch it on Periscope, which on Periscope, I am periscope.tv slash Troy to show. T-R-O-Y-D-A-S-H-O-W, which is also going to be my Twitter handle, my Instagram handle, and the Facebook page. We also have a, you can catch us on Twitch, and you can catch all my mixes on those platforms as well as mixcloud.com if you're interested in that, which I hope you are, because I've been doing a lot more mixing than I have been podcasting, and I hope uh, if you haven't checked out the mixes, please do so. I've gotten better, as I would hope I would, after doing it for like two years. So practice makes perfect. Um, If you like what you hear, you know, I do have a Patreon. I do have a Cash App and all that jazz. Once again, everything is Troy to show. T-R-O-Y-D-A-S-H-O-W. I really appreciate your support and just your support in listening because apparently people listen to this. So (laughs) Uh, big ups to everybody who does, who's, who's, you know, downloaded episodes, checked out my mixes, you know, tipped me when I was doing live sets. Um, You guys are really cool. So just for you, here's this interview with producer Joe from the Working Fans Podcast. Oh no, so my fandom, it had to start, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say kindergarten, kindergarten or first grade. And it's embarrassing because it had to be Vanilla Ice and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 movie. And uh-huh. that like that was the the start of it all. But I would say I became like a huge fan during high school with when Wu Tang came out. I was getting into yeah. even things like Most Def, Talib Kweli, Feral Monch, that yeah. whole so kind of raucous records. Yeah. yeah. I was I was totally into that, and I I grew up in Denver. Yeah, me too. Okay, I'm a, I'm a little older, uh, and I started like around the same age too, because my parents always they were like into like Motown, and then you know the Beatles, Led Zeppelin, Grateful Dead, and then just some weird like off the wall jazz stuff or like world music, you know. So there was always some music playing, and it was always something different. I think when we had cable for the first time and I remember this like, I was really young maybe like three or four and the jukebox network was where you know 900 numbers were, were real big in the 80s right you remember yeah that? for everything not just like sex numbers but like so the jukebox network it was a 900 number that you would call and request the video to be played and you would pay like a dollar 99 a minute or 99 cents a minute to call and they put you on hold and then you make your request and if that request got the most votes then they would play that like in order for the next segment or whatever and it was always like the nastiest rap videos like two leg crew or whatever <laughs> but um <laughs> oh face down ass so up made it on there always um but not not just the two leg crew videos but the rap videos in particular i remember watching when i was like three four years old i was like wow i like this this is what i like you know so yeah yeah 100 percent and I mean, for me, it was that classic MTV era. Like, when MTV had the Lyricist Lounge show, I was like, holy shit, they're tapped. Like, this is something I want to see. Are you, now, Lyricist Lounge, was that 
I know Rockus put that out and as an album and as a show, but was that a show on MTV? That was a show on MTV for a little bit. I want to say it was almost hmm. like a sketch comedy slash rap show. I remember Wordsworth. I remember Rap City. Yeah. Oh, Rap City. But, Big Tig in yeah. the Basement. Yeah. I, I 106 in Park, Freestyle Fridays. Yeah, and we did have BET when we first got cable, too. And I remember, you know, watching it some. But during the day, it was mostly like, I don't know, movies and stuff. But um, yeah, yeah, uh, Rap City. I just did. I never knew that. What was that like in the 90s? Or I want to say that was like late 90s, maybe early 2000s. I It only ran like a season okay. or two. Like a lot of things on okay. MTV would. But I mean, right. like Wordsworth, he was on the second Lyricist Lounge album. And he was right. on that show a lot. That show would even end with performances. Like, it was gold. I loved it. Uh, I'll look that up. See, during that time period, I was in college, and I did not have cable. So, <laughs> uh, but that's cool to know. Uh, yeah, and, and so did you um, get into any of the, like, the, the, the sound bombing? Did you have any of those albums? I did. Like, I was about everything Raucous Records there for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And I think up until recently, like, was Pharaoh Monch's Internal Affairs on Raucous? Like uh, I could look it up, but I don't. Maybe so, but I'm not sure. I think I only remember because he like Geffen or something. He almost stood out for me among that time. I mean, most death to this day, black on both sides. It's got to be my album. favorite all time album, and yeah. it's sad because none of his other albums I feel like lived up to that for me yeah. at least. Like I've really tried getting into him. But he's so interesting as an artist that he just follows what he wants to do. And you can't fault him for that. Right. What's his name now? I always forget. Like when they talk about him, I see a video and it's like. Yasin Bey. And there's word that there's a new. (laughs) There's word there's a a new Blackstar album in the works. And they've been saying that for like 15 years, you know. (laughs) It's just like now when I see it, I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. I know I'm still holding out hope that's why I'm putting it out there like guys just release it we need it yeah and see in the meantime they've gotten really old just like us and it's like you know you bring a different energy to the table like Buster Rhymes just came out with a new album and I I fuck with Buster Rhymes heavy I got his first album was at Christmas present and The Coming which is a classic and I album of his like quit buying albums around the age of like LimeWire his newest album is really good but it's a whole different energy you know, so it's not going to be the same black star that we're used to. You know? That's true. And like on that Busta Rhymes record, he started off with, what is it, like a nine minute intro. You got Chris <laughs> Rock, you got Rakim. It's yeah. he's just doing it on another level. And it was good to see yeah. him come out with something, especially that single with Kendrick was a good one oh to lead God. with. Yeah. yeah like Kendrick is, just blesses everything that he touches, though, but almost everything okay yeah i i I love kendrick but you know i can't say everything so so you were right uh internal affairs was on ruckus oh wow Um, because i remember like that being such a good record and then something happened and you couldn't find it for years up until i want to say a year ago it came back out and i i know that um his other album you couldn't get it like like 
the uh, internal affairs album you couldn't get it on spotify or anything right is that what you're saying no i don't even think you could get it in stores and who knew that godzilla no. sample would fuck things up like that yeah that's that's a, a crowd pleaser for sure and maybe that's why they held it up because that song hit so hard that it's like fuck they didn't pay us for it make them pay out the ass oh i see i don't know all the ins and outs of what what you know went down with did they not pay him or something I believe it was around that Godzilla sample. Maybe it wasn't properly cleared. Uh, and I don't know who would own that. To what happened with Domain. You know, I think after like so many years, stuff like that becomes public domain. I'm not sure. I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I but, could even have the facts wrong. That's just how I remember it. it that, that sounds likely. I think Rock is, as a, as a label, was a little um, kind of thrown together. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if they had all their, their, they weren't like, you know, an Arista or a Geffen or a whatever, Def Jam. They, they didn't have the, you know, legal muscle that the other people did. You know what I no, mean? No, they'd almost be what, like a shady aftermath at this point? Like still a relatively upstart label? Something like that, yeah. But LP, and I'm trying to think of um, his whole deal that he, and it's not Rockus, it's something else. Oh, Def Jux. Def Jux, yeah. Now, they were there on a whole other level of more of a underground kind of... A lot of people, at least where I was growing up, didn't really know that much about until later. Uh, but all their stuff was, was you know, mwah, I, I loved it. And I was really into them before I was into Rockus. Now, um, Def Jux, that's out of the Northeast, right? Yeah. See, in Denver, <laughs> is that what you're going to ask me about? No, just because, if I remembered correctly, was uh, 7L and Esoteric related mm-hmm. with and, that? Yes, and, um, and at, not, yeah, Atmosphere, uh, Aesop Rock, and then you had, um, I'm, I'm so ashamed, I can't remember his name right now. It'll come to me. Now, was Atmosphere with them, or did he start with Anticon? Because I think that's where oh. I first became familiar with him. And then I couldn't yeah. remember the label that he went to. I think he started out with and I could look that up too. Oh, oh, shoot. I just I'm sorry. It. I'm hitting you with too many questions here and digging no, too no, no. deep. You're, no, you're fine. Um, I got to I gotta remember the name of this guy because I got to shout him out because he was my favorite and he passed away like before they actually became big. Uh, I am losing my mind. I think sometimes I get like not nerves or whatever, but it's like on random things I can't remember that normally I have no problem with when I'm doing this show. Oh, we do a live show on Wednesdays and I couldn't even, I was thinking of a word and I'm watching myself in the camera and like five seconds felt like forever. And I can't even remember the word now. Like I felt like like I half-assed it trying to get out of it. Yeah. I haven't gone live yet with the show. I do live DJ sets all the time, but I don't have to talk. So, you know, that helps. <laughs> yeah, the live talking is the toughest thing because you got to remember that you're not only putting on a show, but at that point you have to perform a little bit too. And that's why mm-hmm. I had to psych myself up a little before this because when you give an interview, you kind of want to come off with a little bit of charisma or a little something. Like energy, yeah. Yeah, and this is an energy... I wouldn't use during the day unless I was talking shit in the back room at work. And I talk a lot of shit at work. Like, that's when I get most amped up. <laughs> is what I was trying to think of. And, uh, what was his name? His, he, he, 
Camus Tao, he was actually out of Cincinnati. And so they were, you were right there, like, you know, Northeast, but mostly like New York. Uh, who else they have on there? So Delta Funky Homo Sapien was on it. Uh, MERS, Mr. Lit, uh, Rob Sonic. Yeah. Yak Balls. Company wow, it's surprising. I didn't know Dell was there. I'm more familiar with Dell with his Deltron 3030 album, which to yeah, me has got to be one of the top five albums of all time. That's that's a classic for sure. Let's see. Because between like his rhymes, Dan the Automator's production, and Kid Koala, like Kid Koala's got to be one of my favorite 2000, one of my favorite DJs from when I was younger. That's through the years, I've just can't get enough of his work it looks like he was mostly with electra oh okay wow i guess he was on def jux for a brief moment i don't know yeah or no it says actually late it was, that was later on i didn't know def jux was still around but it says 2007 blank so it, oh wow it's a present it's been cool watching lp and killer mike get together and do the the whole um rtj thing too Oh, 100%. That was another one of those groups. Like, Run the Jewels and I think Zarface might have come out around the same time. Mm -hmm. And they're both, like, high-energy projects that I can really get behind. I really like Zarface because it almost has that MF Doom-style production. Yeah, they did have that, that, uh, was it, uh, Metal Face that they did, too, with with, uh, Doom. Yeah. They did that album with Doom. They did an album with Ghostface. Yeah. And I was yeah featuring all these artists that I'm like, yes, those are the guys you got to get behind. Yeah. yeah. Their last album, I want to say, was probably like my second favorite. But my most favorite is the, um, the Doom album. Yeah. And they've probably. even done instrumental albums that are interesting. Those are cool, too. I incorporate those a lot in my mixes. Well, not a lot, but some. And there was one that was, not to get into too much wrestling talk here, but (laughs) featured a lot of wrestling-related samples, and it almost had a wrestling narrative throughout it, which was interesting. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. You know, and that would be a cool idea for an album, to just have, like, a wrestling theme. Like, I don't know if you follow Wale at all, but he had a whole album that was, like, Seinfeld-based, you know? Yep, and And I've actually been to two Wale manias. It's a... What is that? <laughs> it's a little event that he did. They did it WrestleMania weekend where it's him and the MLW podcast network. So and Wally already does this thing that I was talking about. With wrestling? Yeah. He's affiliated with it. He hasn't That's done a wrestling-related project like Smoke Dizza has. Okay, okay. But he had kind of an event where they would have like a live podcast they'd have on some guests. And then mm. once the podcast ended, it would turn into a Wale concert. That's funny. Wow. That's pretty cool. Well, yeah. And it was pretty idea. wild. Like we went to it two years. They had, we never stayed for the concert because we always had tickets to, other, I wanted to stay, but WrestleMania weekend is booked together. Like so tight that yeah. usually you're leaving one event to go to another. And when that concert broke out, that dance floor gets chaotic. It right. goes from where there were seats and everything's kind of together to yeah. this place got hit by a hurricane. Wow. But it's an awesome event. And he is yeah. deeply involved with uh, wrestling. Wow, I had no clue. I see, I'm learning a lot. <laughs> yeah, if oh, you go on 
uh, datpiff.com and you look up Smoke Dizza Ringside, it is an EP that he'll usually release every WrestleMania weekend. And it's like five songs that are songs that he makes made up of actual wrestlers' themes. Yeah. And that's probably, that's closer to what it sounded like you were talking about earlier, but that is, those are some of the most enjoyable things. I wait for them every WrestleMania weekend. That's really cool. Uh Huh. Well, there's no new ideas like that South Park episode said, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Simpson did it. So, like, I was asking you, did you follow Organized Confusion at all before you got into Paramount with the... No. I've heard about organized confusion. I haven't really listened to them. Like I, I should dig now that I've got Apple Music. Why not go back and listen to it? Especially sure. being such a Pharaoh Monch fan over the years. Yeah. So you do Apple Music? Do you do like Spotify or uh, Tidal, whatever? Yeah. <laughs> I've got the free version of Spotify. I've uh-huh. thought about Tidal because what is their big claim that they just have good sound quality? I don't know. It's it's um, Jay Z's thing. I don't know. I'm not a huge Jay Z fan, so <laughs> I that, that's a reoccurring theme on this show. But uh, uh, I know like Pandora. I, I don't have that either. Um, I do have Spotify just because everything's on there. Um, yeah. The sound the sound quality is and the cool thing about Spotify is there's an equalizer within the app or the the site that you can adjust the sound quality. So. Um, oh wow! I, I didn't know realize that. that. And it's like, I got the family deal. It's like 14 bucks a month. And it, you can have up to like six people with their own separate profiles. They don't get mis, you know, mixed up or anything, which is great. Because I don't want to listen to Imagine Dragons all, all day. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, I've done that with my buddy's Netflix where I share his password. And I mm-hmm. fuck up his choices all up. Because his, they're all like movies and stuff like that. And then you'll get the random stand-up thing that pops up there. Yeah. Yeah, we um, I, I couldn't get my Hulu password reset for a while. And so we were borrowing my stepson's Hulu account. And uh, it was all pretty much like anime all the time. And I couldn't find anything I was looking for. <laughs> Let's get back to this not being a fan of Jay-Z for a moment. Where does that oh, like? I know you're East Coast, so I don't want to like, you know, offend anyone. But it, it, it just comes up. Like, I don't know why or how. Kind of like the age thing always comes up. But I I never really like to me he's like overrated you know what I mean like his his flow his like lyrical ability is just kind of like he's not like just awful boo go away but it's like eh, you know I mean for me reasonable doubt is the album that like that's probably my favorite Jay-Z project I'm a Mm Jay-Z fan but I will give you like to me volume three was kind of nothing Volume two I, was like all radio hits, and maybe mm-hmm. I'm just too underground of a fan that when it gets that big, I'm like, ah, fuck it, I'm not into that. Yeah, I try not to be that way, like to be too snooty about stuff, and I don't think that's it with me. I also know that from what I've heard from like insiders or whatever, and just re- yeah, I've read on you know blogs and in magazines and stuff that really he didn't even do most of his writing um at least from the jump and uh i guess a lot of it tilted for me with the whole like nas beef i was like all right team nas and yeah that was a wrap okay where do you fall on kanye because 
even maybe his associating with Kanye could turn you off. No, see, and that's the thing. I'm not, I've not blacklisted on Jay-Z at all. I just, like, don't particularly purchase his music, I guess. Oh, okay. Um, like, on Big Pimpin', I'll, like, fast forward through his part. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, with Kanye, like, same thing with Lil Wayne, okay? As a person, as an individual, not someone I'd probably want to hang out with, you know? Like, Kanye is a genius. Like, he's a genius. And it's usually the geniuses that are the big. He says uh, some of the funniest lines in songs that i can't get over like i was thinking about it today at work like one of the lines is fuck your pussy bitch i'm on my own dick it's like what the fuck (laughs) there's a thousand yous there's only one of me like that lacks a certain perspective in the world yeah like like if i fuck this model and she just bleached her asshole and i get bleach on my t-shirt does that make me an asshole and you're just like hmm i don't know that's deep I was, yeah, I heard that, and I'm like, well, kind of, because you're wearing the T-shirt. If you're so worried about the T-shirt, take it off. Like, how much bleach was involved, and is bleach still splashing around? Like, it's going to hurt your dick a lot more than it's going to hurt your fucking shirt. Yeah, why is, why is her asshole just, like, leaking bleach everywhere? That's a whole other question. Exactly. That was life of Pablo, too, right? It's, like, all buried up in there. Yeah, I think so. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I haven't listened to that album too much, but that line stuck out, and I'm just like, Jesus, Kanye, of all the things you've said. He is such a genius, but he's almost like how ODB was like Wu-Tang's clown in a way, like kind of the goofy face that you would laugh at more his stuff. When I hear Kanye, yeah. like, I'll get into the songs, but I will fucking die laughing sometimes at his boasts. Mm-hmm. I'm like, God, yeah. this guy's got some confidence. It, it It's this whole, like, he, he's not lying. He's totally bipolar because that's how a bipolar person is. Like, I know from personal experience, like, they will be super deep one minute and have you cracking up the next. And then they'll be like, you know, pissing you off, like, like back to back. So, yeah, it's that's what it is. Yeah, like, you can see the look on Mike Myers' face when... Kanye said the thing about George Bush doesn't like black people, and he's like, I fucked so getting on camera that, with though. him. Yeah, I was so glad he said that, though. So you need people like that. Like, you need people that are assholes. Even if he's going to endorse Trump or run for president, or you know, we just to shake things up, I guess. You know? Yeah, I wanted to write him in for president, but I was worried about giving him that power because, like, when I was younger, I was such a Kanye fan until I saw, like... I saw him talk on MTV and I was like, holy shit, we got to separate the artist and the person here for a second. Because he was sounding like a maniac talking about shirts or something in a store. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, fuck, man, just give me college dropout. Just give me late registration. I'll even take graduation, but just don't give me opinions. Right. Yeah. So same thing with Lil Wayne, right? Uh, Lil Wayne like is kind of like Michael Jackson in the sense, and I talked about this with the last guy I talked to, but um, you know, didn't really have a childhood per se. Like he got into you know music and stuff with with Birdman when he was like what 13, 14 years old, and he's been doing drugs and getting fucked up and doesn't really have a sense of what the real world is. And now he's probably close to our age, but he says these stupid things that are just like all right please just shut up and make music you know 
I, I don't know if you're a little Wayne fan at all, but. Oh, I love Little Wayne. I've been with him since the Baller Blocking movie. I don't know if you remember that from that was probably early college for you. It was late high school for me. Where all right, all right. <laughs> Cash Money Cash Ball Money blocking. Records put out like a self-produced movie. And I bought it because I I was just into anything rap and I'm like, I can get behind Little Wayne. I never made it through the movie. But I've been with him since that far back. And he's luckily someone that I don't catch too many of his public opinions. But I'll catch that Carter 6 when it comes out. Now, Carter 6 did come out. No, Carter 5 was last. No, Carter 5 just came out recently. Was that like a year ago? It was a year ago. Yeah, a year or two, because I think I know Funeral was the last thing to come out for him, and I believe yeah. Carter Five was just before that. Yeah, it was actually two years ago. Now that I'm remembering, like thinking about like my mixes, but I like his mixtapes, like the dedication mixtapes. Those are the best for me. Yeah, he's got almost a different style, like almost like Danny Brown to me, where it's like if you're into right. him, you're into him. But if you're not into them, it's kind of hard to find that spot where you're like, okay, I, I can feel this. Old Dirty Bastard, you brought up a couple of times. That is like probably, he's he's in my top five. And um, the reason, I don't really like doing the whole top five, top ten thing. But like, if I'm going to have one, he'd be in the top five. The reason being is because if you go into his like catalog, it's more than just like, <clears throat> he's not just like the jester or the clown or whatever. You know what I mean? He's he does get like pretty deep on some stuff. And then when you start figuring that out, you're like, oh my God, I get it now. You know what I mean? Yeah, like did you um, watch the Wu Tang Hulu series? I have not yet. <clears throat> and I wanna say it was in that show that his mom refers to him more as a singer. And I was like, that's fucking ridiculous. And then I go back and I'm like, oh no, he's singing on everything he does. Right. And and especially like I said with his his more underground stuff in his if you go deeper in his catalog, you'll find some stuff where you you're like oh he's actually hitting that note like you know <laughs> like he's yeah he does get band. some like I want to say all of his rhymes and I believe it was in the show too that RZA wrote a lot for him because he wanted to see him out there. Yeah, I think uh, all of them kind of work together as a family, but RZA was kind of like the mastermind behind you know a lot of their lyrics and and stuff like that you know and do you think that's why that some of the wu-tang affiliates fell off after like really working with rizza because they're not necessarily fell off but there was that golden age of like everybody's first album and then Mm -hmm. it almost when they came around to second albums there was some people working with others and some albums seemed to really hit like Obviously, Ghostface being on Def Jam, his stuff kind of yeah. hit a little harder than a few of them. I I really think it had to do with the quality of the the music, you know, like the beats behind it. His solo album did not do well at all. But that's like, Tikal is like a classic hip hop album to me. And he himself has said, I think in interviews, that that was a trash album. I'm like, no, it's not, you know. But his subsequent albums, even the ones he did with Redman, I'm just like, meh. You know? Oh, wow. The Method Man, Red Man albums were big for me. That was late high school. That was one of the best concerts I ever went to, where I went to the show for Method Man and Red Man. 
Yeah. I got there. I found out Ghostface was opening. Yeah. And Capone and Noriega, I believe, were opening the whole show. And oh, I was wow. like, holy fuck, how did I get surprised by this? Like, probably three of my top yeah. favorite acts at the time were there. Hey, do you remember the Smoke and Grooves tour? You were Sm- probably early high school. Smoke and Grooves. Ooh, I could not name who's on it, but it sounds familiar. It was, it was, <clears throat> let's see, it it was uh, Wide Club, Public Enemy, Cypress Hill, I want to say Ghost, no, it wasn't Ghostface. It was somebody from Wu-Tang. And maybe it was someone like Capadonna or something. And I'm, I I might be screwing this all up, but I know that Wyclef, da, 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 da. oh, um, uh, Rod Dega was there and she was pregnant. That sounds like a solid tour. Dude. And I saw it in Colorado at Red Rocks Amphitheater. Oh, God. That uh, is the one place that I want to see a concert because... I think any music would sound awesome in there, especially hearing those beats hit. Well, to me, and I was thinking about this earlier when you were talking about concerts, um, rap concerts are not always good. No, rarely good. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, like, if you have, like, a festival atmosphere or, like, if that's, like, in an amphitheater or if it's outside... With uh, Smoke Dizza. Oh, the what? The Wale Mania? Yeah, is that is that? Oh no, that was in a club. That guy. Okay. That was cramped. And that makes sense. Um, That's part of why I didn't mind bouncing either, because traditionally I've found if hip hop shows are inside, mm -hmm. you get fifty-fifty on the sound quality. Like, right. I saw Gangstar open up for Rage Against the Machine in late two thousand. And I couldn't tell you one song that they played because to me it just all sounded like mush. I knew it was big getting to see Guru and DJ Premier, but to me it was like, all right, this is just kind of noise at this moment. I also think a lot of like venues will not put the time and effort into making sure that 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 setup is good. I don't know how much of that falls on the artist versus like the place that they're playing, but you know, to me, it seems like a lot of times, especially when you go in those little like theaters and stuff, it's just not set up for hip hop, you know? No, uh, it was last summer. I went to the, I want to say it's the Comcast theater here in Hartford. It's the outdoor amphitheater. And Mm -hmm. we went for the French Montana show. Mm-hmm. And I was skeptical about the sound going in, but it wasn't terrible. Okay. The only thing was I, it, it had a lot of younger artists and a lot of mm-hmm. shit that I'm just not into. So mm-hmm. I wasn't quality of the music as much, but the sound quality mm-hmm. wasn't terrible. Yeah. I think outdoors is almost better for hip hop. Oh yeah. Unless it's like, you're just, you know, DJing or, you know, whatever, playing stuff that's more low key. But if you're going to play like, you know, I mean, if Onyx was playing somewhere, you got to do the outdoors, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean? In my opinion. I, the one time I got to see DMX was outdoors at Woodstock, and that was wild to me, but it sounded awesome too. So it really made the concert experience that much better because I'm such a DMX fan from that first album that getting to see him, I forget what time of the day it was. I think it was 11 o'clock on the main stage. So I had to run mm-hmm. from where our tent was a mile a away just, 
Yeah, ten. I want to say ten eleven in the morning. Oh my god. <laughs> Woodstock was a three day clusterfuck. Woodstock, okay. Yeah, and it was just like to see some of the acts you wanted to see, you would have to run from one stage, which was like a mile and a half away from the other one, or you had to get yeah. up at an ungodly hour. And there's music going deep into the night, so waking up right. wasn't always the easiest thing to do there. Right. So was this the infamous like the the sequel to Woodstock that that MTV and everybody put on? That was a big like rape oh, fest and everything. Oh, the one that ended in fires. Yeah, yeah, that was the third Woodstock. You were there. You were there. Oh, we were there. Oh the God. second to last day was wild because we were walking to the second stage. I can't remember who we were going to see, but the people in the tents were throwing stuff at the people on the main walk. Jesus. <laughs> oh, yeah. One dude, we watched somebody get hit with something, and one guy's like, oh, that's nothing. Yesterday, I got hit with a milk jug full of piss. Jesus and I was Christ. like, oh, you got to get the fuck away from me, bud, but that is good to know. So they wanted it to be like this peace and love. Like, we're just duplicating what happened, you know, in the 60s, man. Like, just like, you know, all these new artists. You can't do that, whatever, late 90s, right? Is that what yeah, I mean? it was Woodstock 99, and it was... Yeah. I think we had to pay like six bucks for a gallon of water. Right. And it, it was that kind of price gouging and that kind of almost artificial community that got created that I'm not surprised shit got lit on fire. Like, I want to say it was the second day there they started tipping over porta potties. Mm. And I was like, <laughs> fuck that. That's what we've come to as a people. We're going to slide right. through dirt, tip over porta potties. There's no peace and love here. Yeah, and then you had you had acts like wasn't like uh, Limp Biscuit there, and like uh, it was a weird mishmash of people too. Uh, oh yeah, like, first artist up was they had some Buddhist monks, followed by <laughs> James Brown. I saw what was it Limp Biscuit there. Yeah. I saw Everlast on the second stage. You had ICP. I got punched yeah, in the face yeah. during Rusted Root. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, and we weren't even getting into it. It was just the music started. Me and my friend were standing next to each other. Next thing we know, we're both getting hit, and we go in the opposite direction. And I'm like, fuck this. We don't need to be third row for anything. Right. So I watched DMX from a healthy distance. Right. Yeah, that would be pretty rowdy up close to the stage. There was also, like I said, like a bunch of rapes that happened there, and just people were like, dying of dehydration <laughs> oh yeah it was fucking brutal like i don't think i would ever go to that again but i guess it was a fun experience like it really felt like survival after day two historically you were there you know what i mean you get to say you were a part of that that terrible moment in history so yeah and it's wild because my dad went to the original woodstock so there was also <laughs> kind of that story where he went to the original one and it almost sounded like it was as brutal as this, like as far yeah. as everybody getting stuck in traffic and then yeah. the mud, like it was a better atmosphere once you were there. But I think the conditions were almost just as questionable. Yeah, I've heard I've heard that there was like plenty of downsides to the original, like the second one was a little more gross. Yeah, and by the third point, like it was just we gotta commercialize Woodstock and they really they cashed in. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I think that was the whole vibe of like the end of the 90s, though, is like it was everybody was trying too hard. And it was like a just I don't know, like a big, you know, Christina Aguilera ball of bleh. You know, it's like, <laughs> let's move on from this. Yeah, I mean, I was lucky I at least got to see DMX during a better period in his career. I got to right. see ICP, which it's kind of good and bad because I would never search that concert out otherwise. But if they're going to play at a venue I'm at, yeah, let's watch them put somebody through a fucking table during their performance. So they put on a good show? They put on a wild show, yeah. For me, it was kind of seeing the... I'm not going to say the Juggalos because I don't want to offend a certain population, but seeing the... I don't think any Juggalos listen to my Seeing the hardcore ICP fans or the people that are losing their mind to it that was mm-hmm. fun for me like kind of the crowd watching the people watching they they attract a certain audience it's wild yeah a certain like yeah i, I mean i mean I, i'm not do they mind being called juggalos i didn't know that oh yeah i i think they've adopted it oh okay okay you know that the, the juggalos were they wanted to I want to say identify them as a terrorist organization at one point, the FBI. Really? That's interesting. <laughs> oh, yeah. They are They are a, I don't want to call them a militant fan base, but they are definitely united. They're hardcore. They're, they were big in Denver in the, in the late 90s, and I remember, um, I may cut this one out too for obvious reasons, but at a place I was working, there was a, an exotic dancer who was a juggalo. And um, she uh, would only dance to ICP and she would wear clown makeup. So and she had her regular fans that would come every time, every night she worked that would only go to her her stage. That's fucking terrifying. Like as an adult, (laughs) if I see somebody with a hatchet man tattoo or a hatchet man medal or even a sticker on your car, the sticker on the car, maybe you bought the car. It came with it. But like if you've invested in ICP enough to get the hatchet man. That's a little scary. No, if I see that in the year 2020, I'm going to run. It's funny because they did this video called Strangle Mania where they they use this old deathmatch footage from Japan with wrestling and they put their own commentary over it. It's Mm -hmm. fucking hilarious. But the downside is to buy it, I had to buy it through their website. So now I get the Hatchet Herald sent to my email and I'm a little worried that I'm juggalo adjacent. You know, like, yes, I don't support them, but I'm on an email list somewhere. And I'm not comfortable with that. But yet you you haven't unsubscribed, so what does that say? Oh, I'm just lazy. That shit goes to my junk folder. I'm like, fuck them. Oh. Maybe there'll be a sale on the DVD <laughs> and I could get it for a friend. It, it's more laziness. Like, sure. You're right. I really should vote with my dollar and unsubscribe. Like, let them know I'm not fucking around. I don't know if you heard the comedian Joe DeRosa on one of his CDs has a bit Mm -mm. about working at the... God, now that we're recording, I can't think of the name of their fucking festival. Gathering of the Juggalos. And it's a hilarious bit, but a lot of it is just about how wild their fan base is. You know, I think I have heard heard that particular um, bit. I didn't know the guy's name, but yeah, that is he a black guy? No, he's okay. I, he looks like a straight up white guy, but he's Egyptian. 
he um okay. he has a bit about like the bit is like he gets thrown into this van with no seats and they go out deep in the woods to this venue and just about like the fans screaming family <laughs> you know i haven't heard that Oh man, look up Joe DeRosa. I want to say it's the end of one of his albums. It's going to be like the last bit, but it's it's hilarious. And to me, it kind of captures that wild juggalo spirit. Like I said, I don't want to talk ill of him, but I do question uh-huh. you if you're repping the clowns at this point. I also yeah, have a fear of clowns, so it might be a, just a natural bias. No, I don't, I don't think so. Um, that 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 bias, but uh, I, I don't know how much time you have. Um, are you good? Yeah, I mean, I just I've got like another hour in me. If that's good with you. Oh wow. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, I wasn't planning on a whole other hour, but yeah. Um, that that's just when I gotta leave the place by. Like whatever your recording time is, or like whatever you want to include is cool. Uh, I mean. Yeah, no, it's 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 good. That's like some people are like, I I got 15 minutes, let's go. So this is better than that. <laughs> no, I'm uh, sorry. I know what it's like to have a guest, so I'm trying to I'm trying to bring as much and make it as easy as possible cuz I've never done this before, so. No, What's that? Totally. I said you're being very accommodating. I appreciate Oh, thank that. you. Um <laughs> I think um I it, podcasters before and they understand so it's always very like friendly which i I appreciate because like you know you you can tell it's really casual the way i do it and i had one guy that was a podcaster who was very professional and i actually didn't even air that episode because i I got up but he was kind of like looking at me like what the hell are you doing because you know he wanted like a question and answer format and he wanted like notes beforehand i'm just like you know Whatever, but file got screwed up. Yeah, I tend to err more towards structure because, like, the guys that I do my podcast with, they're more freewheeling. So it's kind mm-hmm. of like I give them a loose structure to um, operate within. Mm-hmm. And being a guest, I'm like, ooh, I don't know. Like, being a fan, I don't know what kind of questions I'm going to get, like, how deep I got to get into it. Or if I'm even getting into it too deep, because I used to be one of those guys, like, I would love getting the album, looking at the cover, and then going through the liner notes and seeing, like, oh, who's the producer on this? Who's the engineer? Like, just little things like that. that. Yeah, I could tell that you're kind of technical like that. and I kind of sort of am, but now that there's people who are, you know, it's all like, you know, YouTube or whatever, Spotify or you know, Apple Music. So a lot of people don't even look at that stuff, and I'm no exception. You know, a lot of times I won't even listen to a whole album. It'll just be one song. You know, so it's, it's no. And maybe now. for me, it was being raised on those mixtapes where like you'd hear something now, like the La Music Dad a Harry Fraud. When I hear that, I'm like, oh, this is a Harry Fraud beat. Or, like, hearing if a song's by Alchemist or even yeah. Premiere. Like, Premiere, you can almost tell by his production, like, all right, that's Primo right there. Mm-hmm. Do you follow any of the new producers at all? Not really. Like, the newest, I think the newest producer I'm into is Eric the Architect of the Flatbush Zombies. That's not, he's not really new, though, is he? 
Oh, it's new to me. I think I only discovered it maybe five years ago. I'm not into too much newer rap. Like, I'll listen to it, but I'm not, like, as deeply familiar as I am with probably Wu-Tang on back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's, and I find that, like, I, a lot of the reason that I'm looking into more newer stuff, like, new is in, like, what came out last week or, or today, because, like, younger people, kids these days, they are more, you know, of the minute, like they want their information now, you know what I mean? So old school to them could be five years ago. Like, for yeah, them. I was going to say Wu-Tang is what classic rap to them now. Just, just old. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say almost ancient. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like that's like the start of, of hip hop to them. Um, forget about like Africa Bombada or like Cool Modi. They don't even know about that. You know? God. So that's so. almost like what, shit chuck berry and a lot of those guys to the start of rock and roll that's how far back that is for them exactly and some for some of them the younger ones it's even like worse it's like uh shoot i'm trying to think of some mid like kendrick is old school to them (sighs) but that's that's what happens when you get older (laughs) where yeah i was gonna say where's little uzi vert on this i know the name i haven't heard much of his music He's there. I mean, okay, like, for example, you have Young Thug, okay? Yeah. Um, I would presume that you are not a fan. I have not heard much of him. I've I've probably heard a song of his if it's on a mixtape I've heard, but yeah. I couldn't say I could pick out any of his work in particular. Well, he's very distinct in his sound, and it's, a, like, he kind of almost, I want to say pioneered, but, I, yeah, he kind of put the the um, auto-tune sound to the forefront of that kind of whiny just like and sing songy just but so is awesome. that like that triple extension <laughs> i have to say his name every episode and i it's just just like sarcastic how i say it but xxx tentacion yeah. <laughs> yeah because the only place i've heard him is that first track on that little wayne album and i fucking hate that song so much and that almost sounds like that auto-tune wine you're talking about like that's not even what i'm talking about i'm gonna play some for you in a minute but no and that's funny because the guy that i interviewed before you the other guy from connecticut he said that was his favorite song on the album <laughs> <laughs> You know, and, and this is, uh, the paintings behind me I actually did, but this is a painting of Triple X, and uh, there's little Wayne right there. I don't know if you could see. I couldn't, yeah, I could see it. I didn't make out the little Wayne in it, but those, damn, those are nice paintings. Thank you. And that's from a dedication art, artwork, and I got De La Soul way over here. Oh, nice. Thank you. But, uh, yeah, so I think XXX and... and, and uh, and Lil Uzi Vert, they're all new, but they're all different. And it's taken some time for me because I, I, at one point in like the early 2000s, I was like, I'm done with rap. I mean, I'm only going to listen to old school stuff because I worked at a radio station at the time and all the shit at that time was horrible. So it was like, you know, I, I don't even know. I mean, I was in the South too. I don't know if that hurt, hurt me, but then when Kendrick and J. Cole started coming out, I was like, okay, I'm going to get back into it, you know. But um, Well, being in a, the South, was that during that no limit kind of early cash money time where it was a lot of that bass heavy, maybe less on the lyrics, I would say? No, I, I moved here in 2005. I actually moved to Louisiana 
the year that Hurricane Katrina hit, but we weren't affected. We're, we're in the north part of the state, but um, that all the, the southern like wave of popularity had already hit. It just started transitioning into just John Rockstar, totally dude, you know, that kind of, you follow, like, I mean, I can't yeah. think of any more examples, but it was just bad. And so when I was at the radio station, it's like, oh, I have to play the song now. Here you go. You know, it's like, ugh. Uh, but like I said, it's like 2006, 2007. You started hearing more, you know, J. Cole, like I said, Kendrick. And I started getting back into it. Newer stuff. But there is good stuff out there. You just, you know, got to look for it. Yeah, I think when you get old enough, you've got the music that you like. And certain newer stuff might hit you, but at that point, you kind of like what you like. And even at this age, like, I don't know where you are on the last Nas record. I liked it, but it didn't necessarily hit, like, previous records that hit for me. I'm always down for a new Nas song, but, like, to me, it was like, all right, it's another record in his catalog. Famous for not being good at picking beats. And, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't really feel this new album. I did like the album a little more that he did with Kanye. Um, I can't think of the name of it. Oh, Jay-Z and, and one... Watch the Throne? Or oh, no, the Nas and Kanye, where wasn't it just Nasir, I believe? Uh, it's um, Kanye. Let's see. Yeah, it was Nasir. I'm sorry. My bad. Yeah, I dug that. That was, was it also felt like they had something to say on that, especially with that cop shot the kid. Yeah, that came out at the right time. And just the way that that was so repetitive, it really hit home a point that I think needed to be talked about at that time. Talked about it any time, but specifically that time. Yeah. And plus, this is the genius of Kanye. Okay, he will put out a song and you'll hear it. and You'll be like, ugh, no. And then you'll hear it again. You're like, God, enough with this. And then you'll hear it again. You're like, okay. And then you'll, it'll be stuck in your head. And you're just like, cop shot the kid, cop shot the kid. You're just like, I love this song. <laughs> you know, and you're like, damn you, Kanye. Not again. But that's, that's, that's how he works. Because by itself, if you just took that little sample, that slicker example, I would not, like, if I was a producer, I wouldn't be like, yeah, I'm going to make a beat out of just this, you know. But it really hits hard after, you know, the first few times. Yeah, it's almost like that Kanye song where it's like it starts off with she's such a fucking hoe. I love it. And it's like, yeah, all right. I mean, I don't know if I can get behind that, Kanye. Like, I'm a little more of an adult. I don't think we're trying to be dealing with hoes here. And then you hear it a few times and you're like, I fucking love it. And it's like, I don't know what it is about. He just does the right things that once it's repeated, you're like, all right, I could get behind that. Maybe so. Maybe there's like a like a like a um, Scientology like subliminal message in there somewhere. You know, it's like you like this song, you will obey Kanye. Kanye for president. I was gonna say, imagine if he became president and his State of the Unions were like songs that he put out. Like he would get you to believe some wild shit, but you're like that beat hits. I, (laughs) you know, I could so see him doing that. I could so see him like just getting on stage and then just being like. Yeah, just start rapping. Yeah, like starts off talking regular and then partway through the beat drops and it's like you didn't even realize you were halfway through a performance before you're agreeing with something that like you disagreed with at the start and you're like, 
God damn it, Kanye, you got me. <laughs> I don't like his policy on uh, abortion or, uh, you know, civil rights or, 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 you know, the environment. But God, that beat his. <laughs> <laughs> now, did yeah. he ever announce a vice president? Because I feel like Kanye is a big enough head that he'd be like, I'm my own vice president out here. Let me see. I, I know he did because I saw it on the ballot. Um, I swear to God, I hope it comes up as West and West. No, it was someone. I don't know who it was. Let me see. I don't think he announced the vice president think- because he honestly wanted to nominate himself. It sounds crazy, crazy. but I mean, I- this is the guy that said, fuck you, pussy bitch. I'm on my own dick. So, like, he's a one man wrecking crew. No, I I totally agree. And I could see that, too. But he named Michelle Tidball, whoever that is. <sighs> that poor lady. That three weeks well, that that campaign ran, like, can you imagine the text like, that she got from him? She looks like she's from, she, right? She looks like she's a Karen. Like, she's from Cody, Wyoming. I don't know. God damn. We, we got robbed of four years of comedy with that, maybe. But I can see people, like, maybe being more anti-Kanye than anti-Trump at the end of that four years. Yeah, he he would probably get impeached, like, successfully. <laughs> you know? oh, yeah. and then he'd <laughs> have a song about it yeah right uh, where were you with his gospel well, album that came out oh the the jesus uh jesus album whatever yeah whatever it is there's a second one coming out soon i thought there were some good songs on it i i personally like i listen i don't listen to gospel like i don't seek it out necessarily so much but if i hear a good gospel song it's like how can you not feel that you know and there's some good songs on there see we seem Uh, to have listened to it for different reasons because i wanted to see what a kanye religious song was going to be and how soon he would put himself over god maybe not explicitly but like god could learn a thing or two from me uh jesus walks is probably the closest thing to that in, in a sense but no no then he had uh, oh yeah when that know? came out i'm like holy shit this guy is saying something yeah that's a good song that's a classic um all right so i'm gonna get into newer music and i'm gonna play some songs for you i don't know what you're familiar with what you're not you know so i'm not gonna announce it the last guy announced it but um we'll see if you can if you can name who it is you get like a sticker or something <laughs> Okay, I I probably won't be able to name anything, but I'm definitely down to hear what's newer out there. Okay. And if you want, I can send you links to any of this after the fact. All right. All right, here's the first one. So you prepared I'm a lesson, no. They probably told you I'm scared, but I'm ready though. No. The industry can't take the hood out of me, about to go get some hair uh-huh. from a ghetto. Uh-huh. They do it nasty. Pull up new whip and it's flashy. Gun on my hip and it's plastic. This the deluxe. I like her, but don't give a fuck. I'm fucking her rough, I'm a daddy. That's how I live. She told me she wanna have kids. I told her don't know what that is. That ain't how we speak. I broke her heart in a piece. She probably gonna call Dr. Phil. I be feeling like I don't be popping enough. I be hopping. I'm showing my ass if I want it. Hang up the phone on her ass, block the number. I told you don't play with me, nigga. And she be acting funny, probably think a nigga. So this is just a pass fail type thing. There's no kind of shades right, of gray we, in this. We could do we could do shades of gray. Like let's do because uh, if it's pass fail, I'm gonna have to pass it because it's not overtly terrible. But <laughs> if I were to put it on like a number scale, let's do eh, one to ten. I'd say like a four to five. Mm, okay. Interesting. That's the baby. 
Okay, yeah, I've heard a couple. I've I heard what his first CD or the one that's blue, whatever the blue cover was. Yeah, that was the the one with just his face on it. Yeah, that's the first album. Yeah, let's see who else I can do. Oh, I know. So you you weren't you weren't like really digging that very much. Was it more like the beat or like his style? It's like not terrible. Beat? I think it's more the style. I kind of am more of that boom bap like lyricism. I was a fan of like West Coast music going growing up. Yeah. So like it's not like particular styles turn me off. Right. It's just that kind of that I'm like, eh, I'm not as deeply into. I guess I, I feel fortunate in the sense that I have been keeping up with stuff because if I had taken myself from 2005 and put myself in the future now or the present and played the stuff that I do listen to from now, I probably wouldn't like it. But I don't know. It's just like it, it, there's like layers to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I also don't give it many spins. I'm sure if I was listening to it weekly, I'd be mm-hmm. more into it. Right. That's why it's not like a definite like oh no I don't like that but I guess right. it's more like it's not necessarily my style although yeah. I have listened to a few of his songs because I know a buddy of mine recommended him. Yeah no I mean he's he's to me I like every song that he's on pretty much and that's saying something. It, it's gotten to the point where it's I'm like I'm tired of him you know what I mean. Yeah isn't hasn't it been like what he's been out a couple years and he's got like a couple albums in that time is that little kim's daughter <laughs> i was gonna ask if it was rod digga's daughter because it's got more of the rod digga voice but it's got that little kim attitude surely you've heard about the song wop surely i've heard about it am i assuming it? that's what i just heard no but it's one of the one of the uh, artists on wop it's megan the stallion oh okay the, not to... the other one the other one being cardi b yeah that wasn't terrible like that's more a song i would put on i think because it gives me the giggles <laughs> but not something that i'd be like driving down the street like yeah you heard that well i can for under, yeah i understand that but <laughs> what would you say on on a scale just like overall song wise I'm going to give it a six. It entertained more than the last one. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, sometimes my uh, credentials for hip-hop are just if it makes me laugh. And it's like bonus points if I'm not supposed to be laughing at it because I'm like, ooh, you got me. Like, if I'm listening to Lonely Island, I expect to be, like, laughing the whole time. But, like, when I'm listening to a future song and I'm laughing at, like, the ad-libs of the ad-libs, Right, that's right. what like pops me sometimes and sometimes you're, you're laughing at stuff that isn't even supposed to be funny which is great <laughs> exactly right. like sometimes with kanye it's when he's making a serious statement and you're like i love that so much please right. give me more opinions 
Okay, here comes the next one. Where's the smoke? Cause bitch, I'm in hell in it. Jail at the army, we got some artillery. Can I free my dogs? I'm being sincere. Now that I died, a nigga like seriously. Damn, another one. Damn, we shot him and then we killed his brother. Damn, we might as well get the money. Say you don't like doing drills, I love him. If my brother don't like him, I don't. Somebody tell him he in trouble. I paid too much for my motherfucking gun for me to scuffle. Got you on nigga, I feel like Gucci. Fuck so hard, live blood on the coochie. Wow, that's the song I've been hearing all about? No, that's not what. Oh, okay. That was that was pretty good. I would I was gonna say, God damn, I forget I forget what musician called WAP disgusting, but I'm like, no, nah, that wasn't that wasn't too bad at all. I would give that song a seven and I'm gonna guess little Uzi Vert, but I don't know. No, it's NLE Choppa. Um sounds nothing like Lil Uzi Vert. There's like no auto tune there, but um as I'm surprised because I, I intentionally tried to play something that I thought you wouldn't like. So, what do we Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not opposed to some Southern rap. I guess I just have to get into the personality or it's like, can I feel it? I'm not even sure if he's Southern. Well, maybe. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, shit. I'm coming yeah. off as all stone and old at this point now. Not really. No, you're good. <laughs> all right. Here, here comes Wild yeah. Oh wow, she got into Nicki Minaj mode there near the end. Yeah, that's Cardi B. It's, I think it's, she's got her own thing she does, but dude, she just sounded know. like the way when like Nicki Minaj would really like ramp up her rhymes and go from like maybe single speed to double speed. Like that's just what that made me think of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm gonna give it a, I'm gonna give it a four still, but that is definitely one of the okay. things I would listen to for laughs. Yeah, no, it's it's good. It's it's got some good little moments on there. Uh, let's see. All right, we'll do a couple more. I don't even know who some of these people are. You so you like Future? Or you said French Montana. They're kind of interchangeable to me. Yeah, I mean, I went to the French Montana concert because my buddy wanted to. He was hoping yeah. to meet up with somebody there, and I'm like, fuck, I haven't gone to a concert. And hip-hop concert, yeah, we'll do an outdoor one. Yeah. And it was actually hilarious yeah. because me and him were – we were out on the lawn of this amphitheater, and we were standing up against the wall, and these two younger guys walked by, and one goes, those guys are definitely cops. <laughs> and I was like – and I was wondering if it was because my buddy's bald and I'm sitting there in like a skull tank top and like with the tattoos on the arms. And I don't I don't think we were trying like we definitely weren't trying to fit in, but it was like we were definitely the different people. You would think we had teenagers on the lawn that we were keeping an eye on like, hey, 
Right. That that's what happened. <laughs> but it was just funny because he like they're definitely cops, and I'm like, bud, we got a blunt in our pocket. Like, don't talk about cops. Like, leave us alone. Yeah. Next time you could be like, you're. Hey, I got my eye on you too, buddy. <laughs> oh man, I should have thought of that. Like, it was enough just getting what we were trying to get into the venue and like hanging out, and then realizing like, oh shit. Like, his friends didn't end up meeting up with him, so we were just at um, a French Montana concert. <laughs> and French Montana, who I would go see live, yeah, you know, maybe even if I had free tickets, but, you know, if a friend wanted to go, I'd go, but, yeah. Even in this age of COVID, where we haven't been to concerts in, like, a year, yeah. like, do you think at this point you'd be like, yeah, I'm gonna get out on that lawn and see some French Montana, just to see a live act? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know if that would do it for me. I'd also be kind of scared about being out in, in uh, you know, a big crowd at this point. Maybe a year from now or two on French Montana. Yeah, I just wasn't party. sure, like, what your desperation level of getting back to shows was. Because some people, it's they just high. can't <laughs> wait to get to out to that, like, live venue. And yeah. I'm looking forward to performances, too, but... I am doing I, plenty well with not getting into large groups of people. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm quarantining. I was okay with. I dealt with it tremendously well because I was already working from home uh, when I was working when COVID started. So I was like, this is a piece of cake. <laughs> so. I'm oh wow! I've been working through the whole thing and it fucking sucks. Well, uh, thank God you have a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the flip side of it too. Is like. I guess because I'm part of a union, I don't think about it sometimes, like how lucky I am to have a job. Uh, Sorry, you cut out for a second. You said you're part of a union? Yeah, the grocery store I work for is a union grocery store. So, like, last year we were on strike, and that was probably the worst I've ever had it. Other than that, it's amazing job security. Um, When you see what you get paid other places, I'm like, ah, shit, I'm making a decent living. Like, it's almost what's prevented me from going somewhere else. It's because, like, I make too good a, a wage now. That's kind of why I started doing the podcast is more of a passion project because I've been feeling like work has just been sucking the soul out of me for, like, a good couple of years. Been doing it with no real passion. Yeah. And, like, earlier this year, my dad had died, and it just mm-hmm. gives me a different perspective on life. Like, right. I know I got to work this job to like have a living, but mm-hmm. to enjoy life, even if it's talking pro wrestling every week, it's like, all right, that's what I'll do as a show. I mean, like I said earlier, right. it could be music, it could be wrestling, it wouldn't be politics, but it would be something yeah. entertainment wise, just to kind of feel like, oh, I'm doing right. something in life that's worth it. Yeah, yeah, I hear you totally. And, and I'm sorry to hear about your dad. I think that kind of stuff, you know, uh, really does put things in perspective. And uh, for me, I've always struggled with that because, like, if I have a job, I will try to make the most out of it, even if I hate it. And then I'll get too into it, and it pisses the other part with off. I mean, uh, <laughs> I kind of like the the new person syndrome. Does that make? Oh sense? yeah, like this, we should do it this way. And you know, yeah, everyone's just like, Ugh, you're new here. Like, come on, calm down. <laughs> But I mean, I can't just go in and just be like drudgery, drudgery, you know, and 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 I don't know, not not having work, you know, here and there over the past few years. Uh, although, like, you know, continually looking for work, which is a job in and of itself, you then you have like a little extra time to like 
look at yourself and be like, okay, what do I really want to do? You know what I mean? And I think that's like really important, you know? Yeah. Like I had an, I had an interview recently at work to move up and I went into the interview and I totally bombed it. And I was (laughs) like, fuck, am I going to let like work define me? Like I fucked up this interview, but I'm no less of a person than when I went in before. And even that, that version of me that they saw during that interview was someone that was nervous, someone that mm-hmm. like really wanted to make that promotion happen because I'm like, yeah. do you know how much I can do for like my family now? Like my mom's in a different spot. Like I almost want to help her out more. Yeah. And then when that didn't work out, I'm like, I'm going all in on this podcast. Like I would rather do something that leaves me more fulfilled even mm-hmm. if it doesn't necessarily hit the mark money wise. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think anyone has ever been on their deathbed and been like, well, I'm so glad I got that promotion. You know, <laughs> just, I'm so glad I spent like 80 hours a week working and yeah, no. Yeah. Not getting that promotion is almost the best thing that happened to me because then I was able to work double time on the podcast. Right. Now we're a part of the all everything entertainment podcast network. And, like, I never imagined that a podcast network would search us out. Really? Oh, is that what happened? That's yeah, cool. it happened maybe a month a month and a half ago because we're up to – we do a live show for them every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. And mm-hmm. we just did our seventh show this week. So, yeah, it's been seven weeks. Do they and always seek people out or do, can you go to them? I You can go to them too. They okay. – Because I asked him, I'm like, bud, how did you find us? Because (laughs) as a podcast, like we have our friends that tell us a lot that they listen and then that they enjoy. But as far as those fans that are like out in the world, we get some of them, but we don't see a ton. So for somebody to seek us out and be like, dude, I love what you do. Yeah. We have a segment on our show that especially caught the podcast president's eye that he's like, we got to have you on. And I'm like, holy shit. Wow. That's awesome. Congrats. Like that's, that's, I wish that would happen to me, but um, you know, when I tell like friends of mine or family members uh, and usually not family members, unfortunately my parents had started listening to my podcast. Hi mom and dad, but you know, I don't, I don't say anything that I wouldn't say in front of them um, that I don't edit out, but it's like weird because they were here visiting me and they sat in the living room and played my podcast like on a speaker and listened to like they were watching TV and it was so uncomfortable. And I'm just like, well, thanks for supporting me, I guess. But uh, when I asked somebody like a friend, Hey, check out my podcast. I fully expect them to be like, Oh yeah. And then not because that's what I would do. You know, <laughs> yeah, my, my best friend for a while, he is into wrestling. He knew we did a podcast yeah. and I never, I never thought he listened and I never wanted to push it on him because I've got this right. weird thing about promoting where you need to promote, but I don't want to be that dude that every time you talk to me, Hey man, do you hear what's going on with my podcast? Hey yeah, man, you know, I got the manscape promotion. Like it just feels weird to always hustle yourself to everybody, especially people you see every day. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm not going to do it. Cause it's like nine times out of 10, if someone says to me like, Hey, check out my podcast in my head, I'm just like, no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's almost I like, mean, what's it about and then you're like eh. i you almost don't want to check it out because do you want to offer an honest opinion to them or can they take an honest opinion of what you're offering 
And and I just don't really listen to that many podcasts. Like I, I do here and there, but like not that much. And most of them are pretty shitty. Most oh, of them. Wow. Even but, I mean, even since doing a podcast, I still listen to a ton of podcasts. I've been really? listening to them heavy for years, and it was probably about like eight years ago. My brother would make fun of me because I would keep bringing up, "Oh, I heard this podcast today." He goes, "Will you shut the fuck up about podcasts?" Yeah, a lot of people thought that podcasts were like a flash in the pan thing, and they were going out, but they're not. And that actually surprised me. Um, I actually—I know. I sorry, I took us off on a podcast sidetrack. There. No, no, no. I was—I was right with you. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I—I think—I don't think there's a lot of podcasts out there that are specific to wrestling in the style that you're talking about. Nor do I think there's a lot out there that are just like like my show. So it, filling a the- niche is good. Sadly, there is a ton of wrestling, and it almost sucks because a lot of the wrestling podcasts are done by actual wrestling personalities, so they've already got a following that they're kind of doing this thing behind that's promotion for them, and for us, it's like everything. It's tough to promote that. Sorry. I hear you. No, no, no. Well, I was saying, though, there's tons of wrestling podcasts, but I don't think there's one that's specifically the, the niche that you guys are filling, which is like regular guys that have day jobs that kind of do like a comedy style podcast that's real laid back but specific to wrestling you know what i mean yeah that's true i think we take kind of a lighter a lighter look at things like Mm -hmm. i mean you're hearing me here i i have a certain way of saying things or like phrasing things sometimes that's a little outside of the normal and when you get like the three of us on the podcast you've got us trying to almost pop each other with saying something to like make somebody else crack up or like right. how close can we get to the line without crossing it? Cause we don't want to alienate fans, but in the end we are trying to entertain. And sometimes I'll say something wild just to get a laugh or a reaction out of somebody. Yeah. I, I I'd have to listen to it more. I was able to catch a little bit of it and you know, I just didn't have a lot of time before today, but I think, um, if you're finding that you're not talking about wrestling as much, like if it's more like, you know, just you guys bandering, that could be a thing. You know, it doesn't have to be wrestling specific. Yeah, that's the tough part. It's like with the podcast, we're like kind of three different personalities that come together. If yeah. anything happens in the podcast that's a little left of center with wrestling mm-hmm. or like I've started including my buddy's poems in there just because he's a poet and I wanted to put him on. So like if any of those little artier things happen, that's usually where I try and work my influence in a little bit. And it almost feels like, I I don't know, like I think it gives it a personality, but it almost feels like it takes away from the wrestling centered nature. I would think that that poetry segments might take away from wrestling a little bit, maybe, you know, just oh yeah. As, just being off. Go for it. No, yeah, it's it's definitely a little left of center. I just I like doing something different. I like <laughs> kind of putting something out there with our own flair because like Kanye said, there's a thousand yous, there's only one of me. And I'm trying right. to be the most interesting me that I can be out there. And I mean that's that true. as a collective me. Definitely like, what you should do. Me, Dave, and a lot AJ. Of people get on there, do their podcast, and they're they kind of sound like they're just going through the routine. You know what I mean? They're just kind of like, you know, this is the podcast about this. And today we're going to talk about this, you know, and there's no like flavor to it, really. 
Yeah, like there's a time and a place for NPR, and it doesn't necessarily need to be on podcasts unless it's an NPR podcast. True. I mean, these are like like podcasts I've heard about, like sex and like drugs and uh, even like hip hop to a certain extent. I'm just like, wow, this is really boring <laughs> on an unboring topic. But let's hear. Let's here goes the next song. Based on the auto tune, I know I've already guessed the name, but I'm guessing Little Uzi Vert again. It's another little little Yachty. Okay, yeah, I've heard that name. Yeah, um, and I, I had never heard this song before. It was in a, a, a playlist of new music, but um, yeah. Little cool. Yachty. That that's gonna be in the playlist of songs rated number three to four. Like, not terrible, but that's definitely not something I would seek out to put on. I find it interesting not below this song because I would have given this song maybe a zero. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, I, I I don't like it. I've never heard it before and I don't like it. And I don't like Lil Yachty that much anyway, but, you know. Yeah, I, I guess I don't always want to come off as, like, as dismissive of the newer stuff because especially with something like hip-hop, I... I mean, shit, I discovered it when I was young, and it was so young that it almost feels like a younger man's game. And at some point, there's just going to be mm-hmm. some stuff that's beyond you, especially when the style evolves as much as it has. It's also like, you think in the future, the music's just going to be like 10,000 beats per minute, and they're just going to be like, and just like wearing clear plastic clothes and, you know. I mean, we came to that during the fucking, what, mid-2000s with the Twista and the other, like, I mean, Bus Driver's another rapper that going that million miles a minute. And while it can be entertaining, I don't know know if the whole genre can go that way. It'd be tough to listen to at that point. It's just like an exaggeration of how, you know, the 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 older generation i guess would look at our music versus how we look at you know the newer music and what's it going to be like generations from now it's just going to be just like a solid beep just one beep just like yeah like i mean i don't know how it is for you but like my parents definitely did not see any redeeming quality in hip-hop like i wouldn't yeah my dad was definitely more vocal of not being a fan I think my mom would put up with it, but, like, I don't think it was her favorite. And yeah. we almost seemed like the first generation, maybe, that it became, like, our music. So when you yeah. become familiar with something at a certain time, you almost crystallize it in your mind like that. So as it gets older, you're like, oh, that's not the hip-hop I remember. That's not Wu-Tang. That's not Gangstar. Right. That's not Lost Boys. It's branching off of it, you know, and I, I get that. Uh, and my parents, like I said, my they got me as a Christmas present, Buster Rhymes' first album. So they're pretty cool. Like, they don't like a lot of the stuff I listen to, but I did put my dad on to, like, the Let's Try Pug Quest album, which he like, tried to get them to listen to Kendrick. I think they did a little bit. But, you know, they're they're flexible, and they're, you know, in their late 60s. So good Especially Tribe and Kendrick, they've got those... <laughs> 
almost jazz influences to them that like an older person could get behind and Um, it's more yeah you're right i feel bad i sent my mom to the music store when i was young to get dmx's it's dark and hell is hot i don't know if i sent her for flesh of my flesh blood of my blood but you got like a 50 year old lady walking into a store with a list excuse me do you have the dmx album the one where he's covered in blood (laughs) you know i i went into sam goody to buy um some album when i was like 12 and i it wasn't the first rap album i bought because that was sex packets by digital underground and and public enemy takes a nation of millions I think it was something that they had to get from behind the counter because it was explicit. I'm trying to remember what it was. Uh, maybe, maybe it was the other Digital Underground album. But the girl at the counter, who was probably like 18, she looks at me and goes, you like rap? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, oh, you know. <laughs> and we were both white because this is Colorado and <laughs> in the 90s. And so it was just a weird moment for me because now you have rap in like playing in grocery stores in the background and in commercials. You know what I mean? Like back then it was so like, ooh, rap music. And I guess sometime around Eminem or whatever, it became more mainstream. And now it's just like commonplace. Like it's the biggest, besides electronic music, it's the biggest, most popular music genre in the world. You know? Yeah, it's almost like the easy listening of the 80s where now like a hip hop beat has almost become the backdrop for country songs, pop songs. Yeah. Certain genres have not become indistinguishable, but it's really blended the lines and it's somewhere between country, somewhere between hip hop. If you've got like that ride by the Florida Georgia line mm. and there's God, I mean, we lived through the nineties with the horrible rap rock craze, which was yeah. amazing back then. But now you look back on it and you're like, I'm never going to tell my kids about the Lincoln parks a little different, but <laughs> limp biscuit, like you're going to have to make the argument for when limp biscuit was good. You're going to sound goofy on either end of that. You're going to sound like a juggalo at that point. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty accurate. I think uh, I think 311 and, um, you know, Rage Against the Machine were about as, as deep as I got into, like, the rap, rap rock deal. <clears throat> and they were arguably always... two of the ones that did it better. 311 with almost that reggae slint to it. And... Mm. Mm-hmm. rage it was just the message behind the songs was so tight the guitar playing almost it, was like the perfect backdrop they're having a big comeback too uh, they didn't come out with new music necessarily but i've noticed they're trending a lot you know on different like, who's that rage yeah yeah i think That's, it's definitely between the political climate and they were supposed to tour earlier this year. It was going to be a limited run, but I think that renewed interest in them really stirred things up. The, yeah, the political climate. And I think they were. They also did a song with um, um, RTJ too. Oh wow! Probably, yeah, the new RTJ album. They were on. I think one or two of the tracks. So or Zach. Oh Lewis, yeah, yeah, I did see him on that. Yeah, and it's good because you never really see a guest appearance from him. So when he pops up, it's like, oh, yeah. It's a big deal. He's probably very expensive. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I mean, right. he, he's almost so reclusive, too, that it's like any time he pops out, you would almost want to pay for that feature. Yeah, he's like uh, Tom York or something. He's like a hermit. Yeah. Alright, here goes the next one. Your book is for six days. This shit is so hard that I make a hate nigga do the motherfucking dis face. Fly ass nigga handsome. Chain 
spectrum G got a little tecca, it's a ransom Don't play dumb, motherfucker, it's the anthem I'm the lead, little nigga, you the standard Okay, big money, big cash Pulling in this motherfucker, nigga, dick dash I'm in this bitch singing nothing to a bitch who mean nothing But I got a big heart with them big racks Came a long way from that Woodlawn Park Now young on me, they push a push to start Mr. Yellow Man got himself a little jam Made my fetty in Japan, cause I do this shit for Mark that's a tough one, huh? I was going to say, I don't even know who to guess for a name. I can only really give you an opinion on the song. And I would give it, I'm going to give it like a, a heavy six, a light seven. Oh, to, yeah. To I, me, I there was a little more to get into on that. Yeah. And you would probably like this person. I could send you a link, but it's Amine, like anime. But And I'm probably saying his name wrong, too. But that's how you spell it. It's A-M-I. I and Amine. I would love it if it's like Amini. Amini? Yeah. (laughs) I always like seeing a name and it's like, how can we pronounce this wrong or say it hilarious? Well, I'm, I'm, especially with like rapper names because some of them are so like out there. It's like, all right, come on. Like XXX Tentacion. Yeah, I was going to say as of late, like it seems like as it's gone on, the names have gotten wilder. You know, we yeah. went from, like, people's regular names to then, oh, we'll go with a stage name. And then there was that period where there was a lot of littles. Like, yeah, there still are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's but, yeah, it's only gotten, like, more populated now. You know, Childish Gambino, Donald Glover, he picks his name from one of those uh, rap name generator sites. Oh, wow. Yeah. And look at the career that's come out of that. He, uh... He was one of those guys that each album he comes out with, I feel like I like the one before it more. And then it's weird as they've gone on, because like when I heard Camp, I'm like, it doesn't get better than Camp. Took me a while to warm up to Before the the Internet. Mm -hmm. And then like when that Kawaii EP came out, I'm like, shit, I really like that last album more. But it's good to see him as an artist develop as he has. Right, right. Uh, which album were you talking about? The Kawaii album? Yeah, it was like each next one that comes out, I'm always skeptical of the new one and almost nostalgic for the one that he dropped just before it. I got you. This will be the last one. Oh yeah, I mean that's the same rating as I gave as the other one, but once again, I mean it makes me laugh. That so was, okay, what did you say? Like a one? Yeah, a one at best, but uh, I'm okay. gonna give it like a point five. <laughs> okay, that was that was XXX Tentacion and uh, Ski Mask the Slump God. Okay, they were they they actually met in in juvie together and and decided to pursue rap as a career while they were in juvie. So, it interesting. definitely sounds like it. Yeah. <laughs> no offense to those in juvie that want to make it in rap. 
No, I mean, no offense to people that like Ski Mask and Triple X either, which... Yeah, that's true. You're just hearing a... I like hard stuff. I like stuff that's aggressive, honestly. I I just am more drawn to it. Those two weren't good examples, and I don't have time to find better ones, but um, I'm definitely going to send you some links. Um, Organized Confusion being one of them, because they have one song in particular, particular that is probably one of my most favorite songs of all time. Um... And it's the first verse is Faramanch. He just goes berserk on it. And you don't even want to hear the other guy because it's two guys in organized confusion. Once you hear Faramanch's verse, you're just like, I'm done. I don't even want to hear any more music today. I'm done. <laughs> wow. So did he almost like grow himself out of that group that he was just so good that you're like, fuck, why do we need somebody? Like, why do they pretty, need someone else? Pretty much. Pretty much. I'm going to let you go. I don't want you to like be at the last minute and have to go. But um, I really enjoy talking to you and I appreciate you taking the time for me. Oh, thank you for having me on. Like I said, I'm just glad to be able to talk music here.
to, 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 to,